Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orris and today we'll be talking about a lot of great films including talking to a couple of guests and our first guest is going to be Ruby Rose Turner who is a child actress known for Blackish, Fuller House and now she plays Cameron Rather on the news Disney show Coop and Cammie Ask About the World. How are you doing Ruby? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. So can you tell us about a bit about the plot of the show for people who don't know? Yeah, well, uh, Coop and Cammie is just a really fun family comedy, and it's focusing Coop and Cammie Rather, um, and Cooper's online channel, Would You Rather, and they ask, um, would you rather questions to their rather heads? I've said rather so many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they get feedback, and it's also just really funny and warm and uplifting um, and really family-based, and they have a lot of fun stunts that go on, and it's very entertaining. You know, I really love the concept of the show because it's so moderate. It's all about live streaming, which is not a lot of shows focus on that because it's yeah. such a new thing. Yeah. I really love that your show did that. And I want to know a little bit about your char- character, Cameron. Can you talk a little bit about her and maybe how you yourself compare to your character? Yeah, well, um, I play Cammy Rather. Cammy, I really feel like was truly born a leader. Um, she's a problem solver. You know, she's very resourceful and assertive. She's tough and confident. Um, and she loves seeing Cooper's online channel succeed. And her hobbies are dancing. Um, and so are Ruby's hobbies. <laughs> I love dancing, too. And so that's one of the things that I'm very similar with Cammy. Yes, I believe you were on multiple dancing shows, right? Would you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, uh, my most recent dancing show I was in was Dancing with the Stars. And I was on there two times. And one was set for the um, second movie of Annie with Clevenjene Wallace. And then the second one, I was playing young Julianne Huff. Well, that's really amazing. So for people out there who want to get into dancing or get into acting, what tips would you give them? Um, just be confident and don't give up and just make sure you love it. I think that's, those are some amazing tips. Now on the show, you do have your own show family, the rather family. You have Dakota Lotus who plays Cooper. You have Olivia Senabia who plays Charlotte, Paxton Booth who plays Ollie, Rebecca Metz who plays Jenna. What was it like to kind of have that family on the show? It was great. We all got super close, and it kind of just felt like a real family at the end, and we laugh a lot. And, um, yeah, I'm actually one of four myself, and so I'm one of four in the Rather family, too. And so it was really cool, and it was a lot of fun being around them. It's been super fun. Oh, I'm absolutely sure. It looks like you guys have really a great relationship on screen in the show. Now, I also want to know kind of what it was like on set. Can you kind of talk about what a normal day filming the show was like? Well, a normal day filming the show is you, you know, go to set, you do a little bit of school, and then you rehearse, you block and shoot and just do hair and makeup and, you know, be you. Absolutely. And so each episode of the show kind of focuses on a specific would you rather question, right? Yeah. So what would be your favorite would you rather question or favorite episode of the show so far? Mm, that's super hard. Well, recently, I'm not going to spoil a lot, but recently we just filmed um, 
some episodes that were my favorite. They were our last few, and I'm super excited for uh, the whole audience to see them. So, oh, that's tricky because I can't say them, but I really wish I could. But um, probably uh, maybe the first ones that we filmed. I think the Hippo episode was really cool because it just showed a lot of Coop and Cammie's relationship and how they stand up for each other. Well, that's really great. I love the dynamic the show has about friendship as well as relationships in a family itself. Do yeah. you think that? Do you think the show should teach anything to people who watch it? What would you say the moral of the show is? Uh, working together and being supportive and being supportive of one another and just having fun together and working together really well and getting along really well. You know. I do. No, I think that's those are some great, great morals. Teamwork is so important. I'm glad that the show focuses on that and helps teach people how to do that well. Yeah. Now, since it does focus on live streaming, something that is somewhat new and still kind of developing in our world, yeah. did you did you have to do any research yourself for live streaming or did you look into that at all to kind of better prepare for that role? Um, well, I've live streamed a little bit on some of the social media platforms, you know, with my mom. Um, and so I think I, I think Cammie was new to live streaming, but I don't think Ruby was so much <laughs> third person, but, um, yeah, I don't think it wasn't that tricky. I think the trickiest part was live streaming as Cammie than, you know, live streaming as Ruby. I see. That makes a lot of sense. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice of Mary Kids Network. And right now we're talking to Ruby Rose Turner, who plays Cammie in the brand new Disney show, uh, Coop and Cammie Ask the World. So I have a, my next question for you is, what would you say is kind of your favorite part of the show? Would you say it's the story, the characters, the morals? To you, what is the best thing from the show? The best thing from the show, I feel, is maybe the morals. Because, you know, besides all of the comedy and the jokes, at the end of the day, really, every single episode ends with a really great story and a really great lesson being learned. Well, I definitely agree. I could just see from the clips I watched that that's very important to the show. And I'm glad they do, they do include that a lot because it is very entertaining, I have to say. Thank is, you. Of course. But it does also teach you a lot. And you mentioned that you're an active social media user yourself. I have a tough question for you. What's your favorite social media platform? Oh, probably Instagram. I started out on Instagram and I've kind of drifted through other social media platforms, but I've always come back to Instagram. I see. And on sets, which stage is your favorite part? Would you say it's kind of just getting on set on the first, being on set and acting, watching the show when it's over? What's kind of your favorite part of the filmmaking process? Probably all of it, but I really enjoy watching the episodes when they come out. Especially with my family, because my family, my, my little brothers really love doing it. And it's, you know, as I said earlier in the interview, it's a lot of fun working with the cast. And we just have a great time together. And so probably all of it. And I'm sure it's amazing to see kind of all the hard work pay off in a finished product. Definitely. Definitely. It's super rewarding. And you also helped make the theme song with uh, Dakota Lotus, right? I did. A dream come true. Can you kind of talk about that experience a little bit? What if that was like to record this uh, music as well? Of course. Well, yeah. So I've always wanted 
you know, like I've seen on like Wizards of Waverly Place and Hannah Montana and Good Luck Charlie, all of, you know, the leading ladies would sing the theme songs. And so I, that was always such a big dream of mine if I were ever to be on a Disney Channel show. And so the fact that I got to do it was just so unreal and so amazing. And I got to do it with one of my best friends. And so it was really fun. And I'm super honored I got to be a part of that. That does sound really fun, and it sounds absolutely great. The theme song really works for the show. It does. It's really upbeat, um, and it kind of just leads you into the show. So aside from this show and any show on on TV right now, what would you say is your favorite? Hmm, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I really love Raven's Song. Raven's Home is one of my favorites and Stuck in the Middle because it just is really family-based and I have a big family and so I can relate to it in a lot of ways. I see. Those are some very good choices. Yeah. Now, what would you say kind of you have to do as an actor to really stand out? Because there are so many people trying to be actors in Hollywood right now. And what would you say is a good part of an actor that not a lot of people realize that people should do? Be yourself. Definitely be yourself and people say it all the time, but there's no other you and so just be yourself and just don't give up because this industry is very tough um, and you'll get a lot more no's than you will let um, than you will yeses, but you just have to stay confident and you'll eventually once you get the thing you've been working for, it'll feel so great and everything will be so worth it. So just keep your chin up and be yourself. Well, that's very inspirational, very nicely said. I think that really holds a lot of good advice for people who are trying to get into this industry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I would have liked to heard when I was um, kind of starting out. So, Of course. And in the future, what other roles do you think you'd like to play? Is there some sort of dream role that you would like to have one day? Maybe like some sort of like superhero. Oh, that would be cool. Super like cool and have like a lot of special effects into it something super like you know karate or just something really fun and interesting um you know any role i love acting and so any role i do is going to be so much fun well that's awesome now i do have to ask what's your favorite superhero Mm, definitely supergirl that's a very good choice supergirl is wonderful yeah we recently had uh halloween because you know we wrapped um very close to Halloween. And so uh, we had on Tuesdays are always our theme days. And so this Tuesday, well, last Tuesday, we had a like costume day. And so I was Supergirl, just, you know, following on my point. <laughs> <laughs> I love Supergirl. Well, there you go. You're already Supergirl. Yeah, thank you. Of course. And if people like to get in contact with you or like to follow your career as you progress, where could they go? Well, my Instagram is Ruby Rose Turner, and so you can find a lot of my outlets throughout there. Okay, well, thank you so much, Ruby, for talking to me about your career and specifically about Coop and Cami. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this week's show is sponsored by New Adventures with Gumby's, the 80s. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking to the wonderful ruby rose about her new show coop and cammy ask the world we're going to continue the show talking about my hero academia two heroes and also bohemian rhapsody but right now i have a very special guest with us today we have seven from Southern California, my good friend here, and we'll be talking about uh, we're gonna be talking about Christopher Robin and also her interview with Jim Cummings. Thank you so much, Seven, for being on the show. You're welcome. So, uh, uh, first of all, let's get right into the interview you had with Jim Cummings, who was the voice actor, who, who's a very world-renowned voice actor, but particularly he voiced Winnie the Pooh in this film. So, um, now was this your first interview for Kids First? Yes, it was my first interview for Kids First. Which is fantastic. So congratulations for that. Um, so how did Thank this you. how was the interview? It was really fun interviewing. He's a nice guy. So what kind of questions did you ask him? So I asked him like um how how did he get involved with voicing Winnie the Pooh and Tigger? And also is it hard to do the is it hard to sing in character? That's all I can really remember. Do you remember, by any, I understand you, you, the interview was a while ago, but did you remember some of the answers he may have given you? Um, no. Well, that's totally fine. Well, that, that, is, that interview is actually on our Kids First website, so if you want to go check out Seven's interview with Jim Cummings, go to kidsfirst.org to check it out. It's a beautiful interview. And for the first time, which was fantastic. Um, so let's get right into the film, on the other hand. So this film is out on DVD now. So uh, what did you think about the film? Oh, it was a great film. Like like how it like was supposed to be back in, like a long time ago. It was great. And it had like the forces. It was a really great movie. So what did you think about the characters like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger since they were, um, how, what did you think about their their presence in the film? They were great. Um, Tigger was actually funny, like, because he kept on bouncing with his tail, and then there's, like, um, Winnie the Pooh just talking about honey and balloons. They're, ama- they're such adorable characters. I remember growing up Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, and yeah. 
they were they're so cute and it's great that we're able to give it to a new generation. So what did you feel like was the message of this movie? If you mess up, you can always find your way because I think that because like the the dad he he like messed up because like he sent his daughter and his wife to London, but then like after all that they all they they got all back together with Winnie the Pooh and he found his way back to them. Sounds like a great adventure. Uh, so this is this film takes place. Years after Christopher Robin has grown up and yeah. and he's he has a family now and he has kids. Yeah, so what do you think is the best part of this whole film. The bond that they shared, like um, uh, the bond that they shared, Winnie Winnie the Pooh and Christopher Robin at at one moment, like they were together at the end and they were just like hugging. It was such a good moment, a sweet moment between them. Literally my heart melts with Winnie the, when Winnie the Pooh speaks and every time he just wants to like give a hug, it's, he, he's literally a teddy bear and it makes, and it makes your heart like turn, the, it makes my heart turn the much whenever I see Winnie the Pooh. So who would you say is your favorite character? I'd say my favorite character is Winnie the Pooh because his voice, like you said, is really cute and he likes honey and I like honey a lot too. And he's just cute and adorable. I would agree. If I had to pick my favorite character, it would be Tigger because I relate like I relate more to Tigger because he's energetic and he's bouncy and uh, he's adventurous. So I, yeah. I love Tigger, but gotta love yeah. Winnie you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Today, we're going to be talking about the films Venom and Bohemian Rhapsody. But right now, we're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Seven about Christopher Robin. So, um, Seven, you got this film on DVD. Were there any special features along with this DVD, or was it just the movie? Just the movie. Just the movie. Well, perfect. Just simple play, setup, scene. That's it. That's all you need. So, when watching this film, what do you think um, is the age range for this movie? I think the age range is, like, from, I'd say, like, from maybe 9 to, like, 15. And why is that? Because, like, um, like, I think... If you were like nine or ten, you would understand it a little bit more than like eight, eight and below, and also for teen, like for fifteen and down, because like I think like like for fifteen year olds and down, like teenagers, they would think it's a really good movie, and there's also some parts for them that they would more understand than like nine and ten year olds. Understandable. So, what would you say? Um, is the is uh, how many stars do you give this film? I give this a, a five out of five. This was an this was an out, an outstanding film. It was a really great film. If you had to describe this film in three words, what would they be? Would be amazing, outstanding, and like um. Like, adventurous, like, yeah, like, because they go on a lot of adventures. 
amazing, outstanding, adventurous. That's the kind of that's the kind of description for a great movie. So, is there anything in this film that you didn't particularly like, or was everything? Did you feel this film was perfect? Yeah, I think this film was perfect. Like, I literally loved everything. I keep on saying that because this—that's how much of a great film this literally was. What would you say for people who are going to go see this film? Like, what, what would be uh, kind of like, hey, you have to see this film, and boom, what would you oh. say? About that? I would say I know that you guys will love it because, like, it takes you into the woods, and I think people really like those movies where, like, you can go in the woods because it's from, like, old, and now we don't really have woods. And, like, I think people love to go on adventures, and in this film, you... You really, they, the characters really go on adventures, and the animals are just so sweet and funny little animals. <laughs> now you mentioned that there's not any more woods in this, in, uh, and that kind of like represents like childhood and how we just need to continue. You know, you, you no matter how old you get, you can still be a child. So, do you think adults? Yeah. Do you think parents and adults will enjoy this film as well? Yeah, I think they would enjoy this, too, because there's, like, adult stuff in here, too, that they would have fun with, too. And also, like you said, like, even if you're, like, older, you're always, you will always, you're always a child, too. That's very true. There's always a little kid in, in us all. Yeah. But I think it's very important to remember. You can, and you can always bring it out of you. That's very true. Now, um, before we um, wrap up, I also want to ask about the acting because there's some great actors in this film, like Ewan McGregor. Yes. So, what did you think about Ewan McGregor playing as Christopher Robin? Um, what I think about him is he did great. Like, he he really expressed it of being Christopher Robin, and he did like good. Like, like I don't think I could do that, but this was still great. Like. He really knows how to, like, do do what he needed to do for this film. Well, he's a very talented actor, and he did, it seems like he did a great job in this film. So, thank you so much, Seven, for talking You're about welcome. Robin. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. This film is out on DVD and yes. digital download now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by the new adventures of Gumby 80s. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. We just finished talking about the Christopher Robin DVD release, as well as an interview with Jim Cummings. And now we're going to be talking to Callista about the brand new animated film, My Hero Academia, Two Heroes. How are you doing, Callista? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. Of course. So I know that this movie is based off both a manga and an anime. Can you please talk about the movie and how it kind of differs from its predecessors? Of course. So, this story takes place in between the second and third seasons of My Hero Academia, as our main character, Deku, and the, and the number one hero in the world, All Might, travel to the moving city known as I Island, and they must fight off a villain who has taken the entire island hostage with the help of Deku's classmates. That's really amazing, and the movie itself is an anime style, right? Yes, it is. It is the same style as the show. So can you talk about the anime a little bit and what you thought of the quality? Because anime generally is very high quality and very unique from our Western style of animation. That is very true. So I must preface this by saying I absolutely adore My Hero Academia. I love this show so much. And it was the first anime I really got into. And honestly, I love everything about this show. I and this like watching this movie was also just a really great experience, not only because, you know, it's a movie based off of one of my favorite shows, but I watched it on my birthday with two of my friends. So overall, this experience just was tailor made to be perfect. Well, I have to wish a happy late birthday to you, and I'm sure that was an absolutely amazing experience. Now, I was. Now, I do have to ask for people who have not seen the show or who have not read the manga. Would you say that this movie is still watchable, or do you think they need some prior information to enjoy it? It's mostly watchable, aside from a few things, because the movie does kind of start with a bit of an explanation on the whole world and who these, who like the main characters are and everything else. And there, and like overall, not a lot of really major important plot points are mentioned, aside from once where they reference the main villain of the show, but that's really it. Mostly it's just, like, smaller things that you would need to have seen the show to know. Like, certain characters' powers aren't really explained that much, and callbacks of events that happened, you would need to know about the show for that. I see. Well, that's fair. Of course, you can't completely reintroduce an entire show in the beginning of a film. That's unreasonable. But I'm glad they're able to do some exposition. Now, my next question for you is, how many stars would you give this film? I would give it five out of five stars. I adored this movie so much. Well, that's very good. And what age range would you give it? I would give it 11 to 18, and I would just overall recommend it, even if you're not a fan. And you said that you watched it in a dubbed version, right? Because it was originally, of course, in Japanese. Yes, I did see it in in a dubbed version. 
And can you talk about the quality of the dubbing a little bit? How was the voice acting? Now, there is a bit of a stigma in, like, anime culture against dubs. But honestly, I really like the dub voice actors. I feel like they're very talented and they have this... They have just so much energy in their voices because this show is a little silly at times and they really do kind of, they do like sort of, they do a good job of showing off how, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but they just do a good job with these sillier moments and also they can balance out the serious and the silly moments very well. I just, I love this cast so much. Well, I'm very glad to hear that because a low quality dubbing can completely ruin the experience. I'm really happy to hear that they actually did try to replicate the emotions and try to really make it come to life. That's very good. And would you say that if a person never watched an anime or was never a big fan of an anime, this would be a good place to start? Or do you think that they should start elsewhere? Well, I I may be a little bit biased on this because this was the first anime I really got into. But honestly, I would definitely start with My Hero Academia. It's it's such a good show, and it's like, even if you're not really a fan of anime, because I wasn't really a fan of anime, but my friends kept telling me, oh, you gotta watch My Hero Academia, it's so good, you're gonna love it, and I finally decided to watch it, and I, I don't regret a thing. Well, that's very good. Anime is such a unique art form, and I really love the animation style. Would you say that the animation style is better than the show, or worse? In terms of, like, the movie quality? Yes. I'd say, of course, because it is a movie, there is a bit of a bigger budget. And I do really feel like there are some really good scenes of this movie, particularly the fight scenes. My Hero Academia is such amazing fight scenes. But, like, these scenes in particular, they're very intense. And even though I knew that the characters would be okay because there's still a lot more story to go through, I legit got scared, which I thought was pretty impressive. Even Because, like... There was one moment where I thought a character was going to die, even though I knew about stuff that happened in the show. So that was actually really impressive. That is very impressive, and it's definitely a sign of of uh, definitely great quality. Well, Calissa, thank you so much for talking to me about My Hero Academia. Thank you for having me. Of course. And for our viewers, if you'd like to check out the movie My Hero Academia 2 Heroes, definitely look into where to find it. It'll be coming out on DVD very soon. So look into that. It sounds like an absolutely amazing film. And I'm definitely going to check out the anime itself, too, because it looks very interesting. You're listening. I was just going to say it is. It's so good. <laughs> it definitely seems like it is. You're listening to Kids First Comic Attractions on the Voice of America Kids Network, and today we are going to switch gears a little bit and talk to Kiefer now about the brand new superhero film, Venom. So, Kiefer, straight off the bat, there's been a lot of mixed reviews about this film. What did you think? All right, let's get the soapbox out. Okay, first of all, this film was meant to be an R-rated film. It was shot like an R-rated film. It was a script like an R-rated film. But then once Marvel was bought Sony and got acquired the uh, copyrights to Fantastic Four and Venom, they said, you know what? We need to edit this down and make it PG-13 so we can get Spider-Man involved later in um, the MCU. So, right off the bat, when the first 10 minutes of this film, already I'm seeing that it's edited kind of weird because there's one point where, we're, where the, there's the spaceship that's crashed, and then we cut. We have a weird cut. Already off the back, it feels like there was many things cut from this film. <coughs> Pardon me that should have been in it. Now, with that said, I actually quite enjoyed this film. I enjoyed Eddie Brock. Tom Hardy sells this film. He is the perfect Eddie Brock. He's funny. 
he's witty, he's a bit of a dork, he's also very much of a loser, and that's kind of what Venom is. Um, people are arguing that, oh, you can't have a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Listen, I understand, and it's not comic accurate, but it's fun. The parts are, are once Eddie Brock gets Venom and they become one as a symbiote, that's when the film takes off. I genuinely had a fun time. They had great action sequences, a hilarious uh, dynamic between Venom and Eddie Brock. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. Then we have the last few minutes of this film, and that's when it's like, okay, villain is very rushed. And I even didn't, I even didn't like the main, the, the main love interest that much. I feel like she was written very blandly. But overall... I still think it's enjoyable for what it is. I don't think it was the director's or even the writer's or even the, the um, editor's fault. I do think that this film came out at a bad time um, during negotiation. And it was just, you know, studio involvement. You know, it's always too bad when you have a very good film, very good idea, very good team. And then the studios have to make changes. Now, I have to ask you, if this film was rated R, of course, it wouldn't be appropriate for kids. But do you think it would have been better? No, 100%. I, well, actually, no, that's unfair. That's an unfair statement. Wouldn't have been better? We won't know because we won't see the rated R version. The PG-13 version that we got, I still enjoy. It, it got pretty intense and dark, even for a PG-13 film, which, which is good because Venom is a dark character. And, and there was well, what I enjoyed because I'm, I'm, I'm a big comic book fan, but I didn't read a lot of comic books. But the ones I did read were Venom. I love the Venom comic book series. And what was great about it, because it was, there was a psychological um, aspect of, the, of Venom that was very intriguing, because it is a parasite, although he doesn't like being called parasite, um, dynamic, because it's like it's taking over your mind and bringing out the darkest aspect of yourself. And that's what made Venom a very compelling character. Do we get, the, do we get that in this film? We do, but I feel like we could have gone a bit harder on it. And that would have, and I think that's the scenes with the R-rated version. But the PG-13 version that we got was enjoyable. And now that the MCU has acquired Venom as a character, now I, uh, further in the future, now they're going to write him as a PG-13 character. I'm excited. I think they're going to, this film was the biggest box office movie in October, in years. So I think that I, so it made its money. I believe they're going to make another Venom film and it's a Venom film. And if they do, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I genuinely think there's an opportunity here that can be expanded upon. You know, this film definitely does look like it has potential. And just from the clips I was able to see, it definitely looks really entertaining, no matter what the potential it has or it lost. And I'm sure parents specifically are wondering, because of what you said, uh, what age range would you give this film? And furthermore, how many stars would you give this film in light of all these changes? I'll give this film, th- I'll give this film four to, no, sorry, three out of five stars. I did feel like it was lacking a lot of aspects, such as some characters were bland. I didn't like the villain. And I just felt like there was just a lot cut out that made the pacing of this film just strange. But... I would give I would recommend it from thirteen to eighteen year old because the action's great and Eddie Brock um, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock is amazing and for the parts that we do see with Venom it really is fun and if you just go into the go into the film just expecting just 
turn your brain off popcorn film fun, you're going to get that. And I really enjoyed it for what it was and for the circumstances that were brought to this film. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, 13, 18-year-olds and three out of five stars. Well, Kiefer, thank you so much for talking to me about Venom. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. For our viewers, check out Venom. It's definitely on my must-watch list because it still looks like a really great film. It's in theaters now, so definitely check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this week's show is sponsored by New Adventures with Gumby the 80s. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i am your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking about venom and also my hero academia two heroes right now we're going to end this set this end the show with the wonderful michelle talking about the highly anticipated biopic pick bohemian rhapsody thank you so much for being on the show Thank you so much for having me. So the making of this film had gone through a lot of scrutiny. We've been through a, a countless of act, countless actors who left through creative differences. We even went through a whole director drama. All that said and done, the final product is finally here, and it's about one of my favorite artists of all time, um, Freddie Mercury, and also the band of Queen. So with all that going on, what did you think about the film as a whole? I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I think it was made flawlessly. And to be quite honest, I went in there with not that many expectations because I've seen so many movies based on some rock bands that just end up being very cheesy and very Hollywood and not um, accurate. But I was pleasantly surprised. I'm a huge fan of Queen myself as well. So um, everything to me, I was I was very enthralled the entire time. And I just have to say that um, Rami Malek, which I hope I'm saying correctly, um, the one who plays Freddie Mercury, he killed it. I had to remind myself every now and then that it's not Freddie Mercury performing, it's um, an actor. <laughs> Definitely. It's, when I, I, I've been seeing pictures of him, and we, we always talk about this whenever a, an actor becomes like a, a real-life figure. We always like, 
does he look the part and does he act the part? And when I, when I heard that he was going to play Freddie Mercury, I'm like, really? Him? Mr. Yeah. Rope? I wasn't really that big of a fan. And then I saw the first picture, then I saw clips, and then I was sold because he totally transformed himself. And does it show throughout the rest of this film? Oh, 100%. I, I was one of those people, too, that when I saw that they picked him, I was like, uh, okay, like, that's an odd choice. But um, but definitely, uh, the resemblance is, is sort of there, but it's just more of the performance that he did just such an incredible job. And I feel like he really channeled Freddie Mercury, like, perfectly, um, as well as the rest of the band. I think casting as a whole did such an amazing job at figuring who's going to play who, because they just all look like identical especially the guitarist and the bass player of the band they're just like they got that to the t it was very impressive no it's it's fascinating because i mean queen has is such a cultural has left a cultural impact on history and, and it's still to this day we still listen to those to music and they still leave a, they're like the they're like the beatles they still leave a impact on history so was there anything in this film that like that you learned about these musicians that you never even thought about? Um, well, I hadn't since, again, I'm like such a big fan of Queen. I kind of already knew pretty much everything, but I actually had no idea that the bass player um, was studying engineering. Um, that's something that I had no idea. Um, as well as a guitarist, he was an astrophysicist. I had already knew that, but I kind of like how they played um with them a little bit about that and they showcased it in the movie a bit too or kind of talked about it just for a second but um I think it was good to talk about their past because to think that there's an astrophysicist an engineering um a, a, somebody who studies engineering and then just like two guys just come together and they create this legendary band and yeah I just I think it just made the story a lot more authentic and you know unique as a whole certainly and I love I love biopics. I'm they're kind of my guilty pleasure because I know we have a lot of films that are just like oh it's kind of like the the Marvel craze. Some people don't like. Some people are like tired of seeing Marvel movies. Some people are tired of seeing biopics because they're just there's just so many of them. But I, I just I, I what I love about these films is that we, we see a different side to these these icons that we we know and love, and we see a different side of them that we may not have heard of, and we get a a different, we, we feel more empathy for these people. So, um, we I want to address the elephant in the room because this film has gotten kind of mixed reviews. It's very like 50 50 on the critics and audiences. People right. either like it and people either don't like it. What do you feel like people who didn't like it? What do you feel like uh, they may have to criticize about this film? Hmm, maybe I. I think maybe it, it has to do a lot with maybe the actor that plays Freddie Mercury. I think maybe they're kind of... But I think for now, the people that have seen it, maybe it's it's the appearance, maybe that they're kind of angry that um, they don't look alike. I honestly, I wish I could tell you um, something that they would hate. Um, I do feel like maybe since you know that Freddie Mercury uh, died of HIV-related uh, causes... Maybe they played on the part that he was gay, um, very, either very little or very much. Um, I think that in, in that point of the movie, I feel like they also concentrated a lot, a lot on the fact that he is gay, but Freddie Mercury is in fact bisexual. So um, I feel like they kind of 
showed more of him with the men rather than him with the women he has been with. Um, maybe that might have been a little con there. But again, like I wish I could pick on something that was wrong with that movie. But for the most part, to me, it was pretty great. <laughs> well, uh, I got to agree with you cause some, um, because I just feel like sometimes if critics are too brutal. I mean, that's coming from a film critic. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting with these kind of films that when you see it on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 56%. And it's just like, whoa, 50-50. So it's kind of a toss-up, whether you like it or you didn't. Um, we also have the wonderful Callista here with us talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. So, Callista, um, you've been listening to our conversation. What do you feel about, what do you think about this film? I really, really enjoyed it, which honestly surprised me because I'm not really a fan of these types of films that are sort of like, the history behind a certain thing and I'm not really I'm I mean I like some of Queen's songs but I've only really heard the really popular ones so I can't really say that I'm a fan but I really liked it now you you mentioned there that you you're not particularly a fan of these kind of films why is that I don't know I just I'm not exactly sure why but they've just never really been interesting to me but that also might just because I'm not really a big fan of like nonfiction stuff because I do write my own stories and a lot of them take place in like really magical settings and stuff like that. So I mostly just really like more fiction related stuff. So that's probably the that's probably the only thing I can think of. I understand because uh, some people feel like, oh, you're just you're just retelling somebody's life on the big screen. Yay. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes the, the person's life is, sometimes that attributes to if you're even interested in the person, which that's even a toss-up because sometimes there's like people, people, that's what some people why I didn't like, that's why some people didn't like First Man because people didn't thought Neil Armstrong was that interesting of a person. Fantastic guy, but not an interesting story. But then there's films like Imitation Game where you hear a story of a person that you've never heard of before and then you realize that, whoa, he left a big impact. So... It's all it's it's one of those things just like I understand that sometimes like it just the, depends on the story. You may not be interested in the story itself and that that's totally fine. Uh you listen to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and we've been talking about the film Bohemian Rhapsody, Venom, and also my hero Academia, Two Heroes. Okay, continue our conversation with Callista and Michelle about Bohemian Rhapsody. So um Callista, uh what did you feel like was your favorite part of this film? Ooh, I don't know, because there's a lot of really good moments in this movie. I feel like a lot of the scenes in the beginning were really good, but also because that was when it, that was before I started to get actually really dark. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Like, what do you mean by dark? I don't want to spoil it, but things get depressing really fast. Mm. You mentioned you were a Queen fan, so you probably yeah. know what I'm talking about, but... <laughs> Most people going into this are Queen fans, and they understand the story. But I, but I feel like it's just also that kind of thing. It's just like you think you know the story, but let's look at it from our characters' eyes. So I, it, it does, it is get a bit depress, depressing. But I feel like there's some hope to it because they, of course, left a big impact in the music industry. Um, but Callista, what would you say is your age range for this film? Um. I would say my age rate my age rating is thirteen to eighteen. And why would you say that? Um, I mentioned how this movie gets a little like depressing, 
And I feel like that's kind of the main reason why this is a bit of a higher age rating. I understand. And uh, Michelle, how many stars did you give this film? I would give this a solid 4.5 out of 5 stars. <laughs> All right. So um, also, since we were talking about biopics, and is there any particular person, especially a musician, that you would love to see a biopic, a film about? Um, let's go to Calista. Is there a musician you want to see put on the big screen? Um, I don't, I don't think I'm really qualified to talk about music because all the music I listen to is video game soundtracks. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that I would want to do one of. Mm. While you think of that, oh, Michelle, what do you think? Oh, Aerosmith. Like, <laughs> I would love to see how that came about. I am a huge Aerosmith fan. And just after watching this movie, I'm just like, I would just love to see Steven Tyler recreated on the big screen that would just be uh, such an amazing story i'll be like first in line for that premiere oof boy but i don't know i don't know if, we'll, if kids are supposed to be able to talk about that kind of story <laughs> if they do make an aerosmith movie in this pg-13 we'll definitely talk about that um calista did you think of anybody the only people who could come to my mind were people were like the C the former ceo of nintendo and oh. like the guy Satoru Iwata. That was literally the only person I could think of. But that would be an interesting biopic. That would be actually a fascinating biopic because he was, I mean, like, for video game industry, that would be fascinating to watch. But also, I would probably cry. I would, prob I would probably cry because he actually passed away in 2015 and I'm still not emotionally over it. Yeah, that would be definitely, um... I don't know. I feel like... Whenever we see, um, whenever a cultural icon like that passes away, it's always, they always, they left behind a enduring legacy. So we always remember them through the video games, through the movies, and in this case, through the music. Um, so it's, it's more, it's, it's sad to think about, but also we always have them in our hearts and minds. Well, thank you so much, Michelle and Callista, for talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. It's been a pleasure. Thank you thank so much you. for having us. I don't mean to put you guys under pressure, but you should guys should definitely check out this film. It comes out November 2nd, so please go check it out. It's a, uh, it's a, it's gone through a lot of scrutiny to get to, but it's finally out in theaters, so please go check out Bohemian Rhapsody. With that said, thank you so much for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I've been your host, Keefer Blakesley. Be sure to check out our latest reviews on the newest and greatest films and DVD releases on our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Give us a subscri subscription, a like, and comment what you want us to review next on our YouTube channel. With that said, thank you so much for listening. And it is now the month of November, which means one thing, award season and plenty more films to review. We'll catch you later. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.